CBS Friday, TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. It is election day. It is cold and crisp in Ohio. We have the man of the hour, Dwayne Long, here to break down all things Buckeyes. Dwayne, how goes it? I'm looking around, and like you said, it's cold and crisp, and there's not a cloud in the sky here, so it's a beautiful day. A perfect fall day, which means football in Ohio. Unfortunately, we are going to start with some bad news. Defensive back Cam Brown, we all saw him go down in the game. A non-contact injury. Our worst fears were realized. The Achilles sniper got him. He has torn his Achilles tendon. That means there will need to be some replacements at corner. The good thing about Cam is he's young and he has plenty of time to rehab, which is a tough injury, and we absolutely wish him the best. That means there's going to be some other guys that need to step up at corner. The main guy would be Cam Brown. This does increase the pressure on backup Tyreek Johnson. Some thought he'd even start over Cam Brown. In the game this past weekend, the slot was manned by Lathan Ransom and Josh Proctor once Cam was sidelined. What would you do now as it's apparent Cam won't be back this season? Well, uh, you know, first, I, you know, when I saw him go down, I don't know, (laughs) over the years of watching football, when people go down from, from non-contact injuries, uh, you immediately, the red light goes off, yeah, this is bad. And when he went down, you know, I didn't know. I didn't see if, you know, anything that happened. Achilles heels, Achilles tendons, they seem to be so much worse than knees. We see guys that never return to their, their former selves after an Achilles injury. And knees, guys, I mean, how many is uh, uh, Trey Sermon? Look at the guys back over the years that, that had knee injuries uh, and the Achilles, it's just, I hate hearing that. And we did need this kid. Um, as far as, as far as uh, a third cornerback though, you know, you, you, you've got banks out there and the way they played him Saturday, I don't know how much confidence they got in him. He was playing off too much, especially in the second half. The guy that's got to step forward is Johnson. Uh, we had so little ex- experience. So, you know, we, we Johnson's just got to be the – he's a super athlete, Dan. This kid should be talked about with with the, the best that, you know, have played here at cornerback. Uh, and he's just not found his way here. And now he's got no other choice. Now, as far as uh, Ransom and, and Proctor at, at – uh, uh, at the at the nickel, I don't think fans should immediately jump to conclusions about well Johnson's not playing well enough that that they just don't have any faith in him. They may want to play a cor- uh, a safety in that in that spot. So they you know they've got a better tackler, a more physical guy on the field rather than uh, you know put in another corner who's better in coverage. 
but you're, you're giving up uh, a guy who can come up and make plays at the line of scrimmage, make plays in a running game. So let's not jump to conclusions that this is a bad thing. And I love Ransom. I thought Ransom could take the uh, sorry, one of the starting safety jobs before the year was out anyway. So let's, let's just see how this unfolds. Yeah, in terms of who they put in there with the safeties, I also think that might have something to do with the fact that Penn State's offense, one, they very rarely throw to the third receiver, and two, it's more of a running offense. If you get in there against a spread attack, I really doubt the third or the nickel will be a safety, but you don't know. Both Proctor and Branson are pretty talented. All right, it's been two games, Dwayne. Ohio State is 2-0, and and generally anyone with a brain knows now that there are three teams that have separated themselves from the pack, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. But let's stay home with this one. After two games, what is the one thing that has surprised you in the positive, and what is the one thing that you think needs to be worked on or we would call a negative? Well, uh, I guess I wouldn't necessarily call it so much a surprise or being so effective at defensive tackle now that we got the right right parts back but these guys have just been dominant we were talking about it off the air togi i had three sacks it, it just you know we were saying when's the last time that happened here a defensive tackle with three sacks when's it happened anywhere a defensive tackle with three sacks in a game and that doesn't include the pressures that he had and and he was part of a defensive line unit that held penn state to 44 rushing yards uh, you know, then you got Garrett and it's, and they're both playing. Ext- how do you do, what do you do about them? You can't double team them both. You just can't. So <laughs> you got to ask somebody on your offensive line, your interior offensive line to do something that is, may not be possible, Mm-mm. which is take one of these guys. Uh, you know, you got to have uh, a real badass dude to, to take on either one of them one-on-one. And I don't think we're going to see uh, that kind of guard the rest of the year in the Big Ten. Uh, may not see a guy like that until the playoffs. So uh, those two guys just being this dominant, not that they're good, being this completely dominant. You know, and, and let's throw this out there, Dan. Uh, we just saw Tough Borland have probably his best career game as a Buckeye. Well, what happens when you've got two defensive tackles in front of you that are wreaking such havoc? You don't have a helmet in your chest. Uh, you can move freely and you can see what's going on. You know nothing's coming up there because these guys are going to eat it up. So, uh, you know, he can play instead of playing the A gap, he can play the B gap. He can, uh, you know, anticipate that that's where the play is going to bounce to. So that, that makes his job so much easier, too. I went back and watched the tape. Several of Penn State's key pickups, especially on third down, came via penalty. The third down and 17, they hit to Jahan Dotson, the one-handed catch down the left sideline. One, it was third and 17, and I would venture a guess that Ohio State's not going to give up a third and 17 again this year, possibly. That was an incredible catch. If guys can go up one-handed and make plays like that, you got to tip your cap to them. But uh, upon further review, I think the defense is in much better shape than I thought coming out of the game in the second half. Like I, like you mentioned, I don't understand the approach to coverage. It was a borderline prevent. I mean, it worked in the end. It didn't look great for the statistic. You did not hit what your concern was, though, Dwayne. I talked about it ahead of time. I'm going to set you up. What is up with the running game? It does not look as explosive as last year, obviously, because the running back that carried the ball is not doing that for the Ravens against the Steelers. However, the burst from Trey Sermon, I do not see it. Master Teague looks fine going north and south. Your thoughts on the running game? 
Well, just what you said. Sermon just seems to be a bit lost right now. Uh, he's not being effective. And Teague, uh, he he seems to be a straight line guy. I remember talking about him as a junior uh, in high school when I wasn't so overly impressed. Uh, I said he's just running very fast through big holes. And that's uh, it seems like that's what he still needs. He's just not. Uh, you know, your um, your point is is so valid that you know if he's going straight ahead, he's doing pretty good. Uh, you got to make him, you ask him to do something, bounce it, or or just get wide. I don't know. So uh, I I think that it goes back to, you know, we're still Jack Miller's still finding his way. So that's that's we anticipated that we would just be able to go straight ahead and not even have to worry about the pass behind Myers and, and uh, uh, Wyatt Davis and, and, uh, and Miller, and that has not been the case. But there's, there's been holes that these guys just aren't hitting. They're not making, making good reads. Uh, I put it more on the backs than, than I do on, on the line. You know, uh, Myers has not been hit what he was last year yet. He, I'm not, he'll get it together. Uh, but we got to get a back. It doesn't really matter if we don't have a back that's uh, – Hitting hole, hitting it fast, and hitting it hard. And we don't have a guy that can that does has the vision to bounce. It, it just uh, I don't understand why we don't go ahead and give the ball to Steel Chambers, who's the only back who looks like he can be effective all the time. You know, it you know you you give the guys a shot, okay, but in the end, Sermon's a senior, and he wasn't he wasn't one of ours. He transferred in just because he thought he was going to get more playing time. Well, uh, I'm not too worried about what he thinks about uh, hitting the, the bench. Uh, but, you know, we need to go with the guy who's going to get us there. And right now, it looks like Steel Chambers is the best back on the team. I think the most talented guy on the team is Crowley, but he's, he's out. And you've got to wonder now, is he going to be available at all for us this year? We've got to go with the best that we got. And right now, that looks like Chambers, and he's the one guy that doesn't play. So... You know, that was pretty much mop-up time when we saw him uh, get on the field uh, against Nebraska. So, I don't know. Let, let's I don't know how much longer they can decide to, to go with this. Their schedule is such that I'm not sure it's going to be an issue here. They just don't have a back who is explosive and has great vision and has wiggle. And it's just possible we've been spoiled because we had J.K. Dobbins and Zeke for the last, you know, half decade or so. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk a little bit recruiting. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, we are back. One of the few prime candidates left in Ohio State's class of 2021 board, Pennsylvania safety Derek Davis. He visited LSU this past weekend. He returned and made some changes. He was originally supposed to make his commitment on November the 14th. He is now going to make his commitment on November the 7th. He has dropped Georgia and Pitt. So his final three is down to LSU, Penn State, and Ohio State. I'll admit, I did not think Davis was going to be in the class. I'm starting to get a little optimistic as we approach the tape. Thoughts? Well, I, it's, it's, this his recruitment has been very interesting. 
because he wasn't on the radar there for a while. And it looked like we've got we've got some really good safeties. I just recently looked at him again because of of the uh, the possibility of um, of Davis coming in. You know that it just seemed to pop up out of nowhere that we were back on it with him. We got some really good kids, and it just made sense that you know we don't have room, and and uh, you know we should look elsewhere if we do have room. Uh, but now he's back, and the kid is to me the best safety in the class. You watch him play; he's dynamic, he's fast, he's got size, he's got everything. He could play uh, running back, receiver, just a super athlete. You know, you you take him if you can get him, you take him. Don't even think about it. Uh, you know, and I you you said it. I'm a bit optimistic. I, I couldn't agree more. LSU, you know, maybe he was attracted to them and defending national champions and. Uh, he went down there. They're not looking too good. So, you know, and that's a long way away from home. And that's another thing I think is a plus for us. You know, we're not in, in, in state, but we're not that far away. Parents could drive down on game day if they get up early enough. I, I think things look really good for us. And for us to come in that late, he kind of wants to come here. I, I just, you know, why, why did you, you can go anywhere you want. And we seem to lose contact there for a while. Now you're back. It makes me think that this is where he wants to be. If he wanted to be at Penn State, he would have went ahead and committed. How many times have we seen kids do this across the country? They throw the in-state school in there because, you know, they're, they, they're, it's in-state. They're probably getting some pressure to, to go there. Put them down to the one of the last schools, and then, you know, when you have to decide, decide. So, I, I, you know, I think the smart money is on, on Davis coming here. That means the smart money would make everybody happy. What makes us happy is the Buckeyes are 2-0, and and there does not seem to be a major obstacle on the schedule for some time. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters.